Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Myth Take. A fresh take on ancient myth. I'm Allison. And I'm Darren. And we are your hosts for this delightful podcast. Ah, uh, yes. And first off, a... <laughs> why are you laughing? It's, it's delightful. Like, I, I, I just never introduced anything as delightful. But it's delightful. It sounds like a like a breakfast croissant or something. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. First off, I yeah. would like to extend a big welcome to our new listeners that we have picked up since our last episode. Um, uh, many of you may have come to us from the history of ancient Greece with Ryan Stitt and thanks for giving our podcast a try. So mm -hmm. welcome aboard. That's right. Lend me your ears. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode, we are not looking at a specific Greek myth, but we are looking at Aquaman. Yes. Mm -hmm. It sounds too enthusiastic. Well, I, I was just like kind of thrown for a bit because we're not really looking into a Greek myth, but it is Greek myth. So yes, right? it's got lots of it's got a nice right. mess of pretty much everything. Yeah, it's a, a real bit of everybody. real stew. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think there's something for everybody in in that myth, that story, and hopefully in this podcast this evening. And spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know what happens, then. then don't listen to yeah, this yet, quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. All right. So what did you think of it, Darren? Well, I, you know, I was, I was uh, first a little hesitant to go and see it because the, I was, you know, worried how well it was going to do and would it come off hokey and all the stuff that's floating around about Aquaman and da-da-da. But then as the time got closer, I was like, you know what, it's doing well. You know, let's go and let's see it and see what's there, right, and, and have some fun. So I liked it. I, I, I'm going to give it um, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I would agree with you. Um, I don't come from an ex as an extensive background of comic book superhero stories as you do, mm -hmm. um, but I very much enjoyed it. Sure. And I loved the... Uh, visual effects okay they're super cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just super cool was... they were and and i think i i think i said that for me that was the most kind of underwhelming part because you almost expect that now as a default yeah. for those to be competent and there's really when you're dealing with something fantastic and that whole idea of suspension of disbelief for people that are used to like watching fiction or watching comic book movies or science fiction or anything that is is sort of imaginative you really develop that as a muscle so it's really hard right to not so you just sort of watch it and you're like, okay that's cool and then now let's watch it for what we're really here to see right is it going to be good it's a plot going to be good are the characters going to be good is it going to have mythical classical greco-roman elements that we would recognize is it going to be entertaining like is is it whatever right so i i i but I will agree that the visual effects were stunning. Well, and I think part of the reason that the visual effects caught my eye so much is that this is set underwater. Yeah. And that's not a usual thing. I think the last movie I saw that was set underwater was Finding Nemo. Um, well, and that was a cartoon. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but like usually, you know, it's like outer space or yes. it's above ground. Um, and the sea just becomes a, a, dumping, <laughs> a dumping space. Yeah. Um, so... 
it was just really cool to see how they handled the underwater and the people kind of floating and yeah, their that, hair kind that of was floating neat, in the water. That was a neat transition. Yeah. I think that right after it, I had commented on the fact that how quickly you became, um, like, at first you were aware of the slightly floating nature of the characters and little bits of brine and stuff that would move about and the way their hair sort of fluctuated and then... But then you just uh, sort of saw past that and were immediately, you know, used to this this situation that might be jarring. I'm sure it's kind of a lot along the lines of the of the feeling that people got, you know, when they saw, you know, for the first time depicted on the cinema screen, the sort of zero gravity space effects of like a big budget sci-fi movie from the 60s or the 50s even, you know, like guys floating around and people like, wow, you know. And then, but now that's just sort of what you expect, right? But I like the way that it did it because it was, it's a different environment, right? Mm -hmm. For heroic action, one that is, we don't really, I can't think of many examples. You know, there are a handful of Atlantean type movies, but yeah, it was really cool. I, I liked that a lot. As we were watching it, I was kind of mentally ticking off my Joseph Campbell list yeah. in my head um, because we have many of those familiar hero uh, tropes that we see in every hero story. We've got the um, hero who, in this case, not separated from his father, but is separated from his mother. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, later we have the recognition scene and um, oh, yeah. and and that. Was there a token? I don't think there was an actual token. Well, that yes, be... yes, there was a token because that was her, her trident. Yes, that, several. That he had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got a very reluctant hero, someone who really does not want to be drawn into this conflict. Yes and no, but not actively. Yeah, I, in in the main storyline, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, he, he takes some convincing to get involved in what's going on in Atlantis. Right. In um, Atlantean politics, exactly. Yeah, yeah he that. has no desire to go back yeah. to the Reluctant ocean. king. Yeah. The reluctant yeah. king. He's yeah. a hero at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, but... Reluctant to enter into that, but he's a different kind of hero. Like he starts at the movie as kind of that crime, uh, crime yes. fighting the bad guys yes. kind of kind of hero. Right, yeah, um, kind of in his own backyard, being the sea, close to home, sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And then he gets uh, pulled into the whole underwater. Right. Um, we have to save uh, civilization. We have yes. to save the world. Yeah, the world. From it's a this, global thing from yeah. this conflict. Uh -huh. um, and he had a really good line in there at one point. Oh, you remembered lines. Um, there was the effect. <laughs> well, he tells, um, yeah, I remember lines, but I don't remember names. He tells okay. the, um, Atlantean princess, uh, to do, uh Mira, Mira. Thank yeah. you. Um, he tells Mira that he doesn't play well with others. Oh, and, right. And yes. I thought instantly of our, our friend Achilles, yes. who's kind of our archetypical sure. yeah. hero who doesn't play well with others, because yeah. that's actually something we see in Greek mythology a lot, is right. that the heroes are very independent. Solo uh, artists, yeah. right. And he and and we see that with, with Aquaman because he's very... Um, he kind of goes about things his own way and makes yeah. things a little bit worse before he can make them eventually in the end make, make, make them better make, it, make everything better yes and he does through his own actions activate his own villain as well yeah. which is something that you see as a Campbellian trope on occasion the fusion between villain and hero and protagonist and antagonist those types of things as mirrors and that that character too uh the black manta character i i kind of liked but uh it seemed um orbital you know yeah, like it yeah. wasn't really like a it wasn't right in the heart of the story it's kind of one of those things where they're suggesting where the story will go as they move yeah. into number two and 
and so on. So yeah, it was it was good, and it was that um, in media res. It didn't start with. Uh, well, it had his birth narrative, yeah. but those were you know things that were yeah. kind of included in the remembering scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got the. Um, I mean, it's not a god immortal, but we've got that kind of mixed marriage that he comes out yeah. of. And that's, again, um, in, in Greek mythology, that made me think of a lot of what we see, like with Aphrodite and Anchises, for, for example, where there's where there is this two different beings. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Greek mythology, it's like a god and a mortal. Right. And then you wind up with, with a character who's mm-hmm. going to be destined for something interesting happening. Sure, a fusion. <laughs> I like that. Well, a demigod, and, you know, we can go right ahead yeah. and say that, and like, of course, they don't, they don't, use the term demigods the dc universe is a little bit different they yeah. they they talk about metahumans which were human beings and in this case that includes atlanteans because mira has pyrokinetic no she has uh what's water again uh <laughs> hydrokinetic <laughs> hydrokinetic capacities like yeah. superpowers as a metahuman uh and she's an atlantean like the rest of them uh and then uh regular humans in this uh world uh, some of them, like Batman and Flash, for example, uh, they, they well, not Batman, but the Flash, for example, is a metahuman. So in the DC world, they have metahumans. And in, in the, from the Greco-Roman or classical tradition, uh, those being pick your term, we would just call them demigods, for lack of a better term, although gods don't appear directly. We were looking for gods. We yeah. were looking for them. They're referenced a couple yeah. of times, but you don't really see any screen time from, you know, Neptune or something like that. If you're yeah, thinking Poseidon, about that. Poseidon slash Neptune gets mentioned like yeah. twice. Or yeah, they kind of low like, keyed that. That's yeah. that's okay because yeah. I think they they probably really played their classical hand with with Wonder Woman and went right to the Zeus and the daughter and all this stuff. So uh, that was not to be overdone. There is a different sort of uh, civilization, uh, mm-hmm. a sort of a different sort of uh, backdrop for. Um, for, for this film, for Aquaman, for Atlantis, and the humans, and so on. So it was really cool. Um, coming back to Black Manta, yeah, um, I found that kind of interesting because we saw, uh, like, it set up at the beginning that kind of our heroes flaw a little bit in that he had the chance to save Black Manta's father and doesn't. Yeah. And so it, I, I I don't know if it really qualifies as as a hero, but we kind of see that weakness, that moment of weakness that's going to come back to haunt the hero yep. later in the movie because now he's created an enemy. So he's fighting two different battles mm-hmm. literally at, at the same time. Um, and his, and I almost feel sorry for black Manta mm-hmm. because he gets sucked into King, King Orm's um, battle and he becomes a tool of King Orm. But I agree that his story is his, his story is kind of secondary. Yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> but it's still, necessary because the story needs somebody who can like like that that villain who can also go on land and king orm can't do that That's so right. yeah. so uh, black manta bridges the two worlds well, yeah between the Atlante- yeah. the pure atlantean narrative and that of the, our world yes right our and, dry land civilization yeah. yeah so one of my favorite scenes was was the scene in sicily <clears throat> Oh yeah, Um, and there uh, is actually a great uh, Roman mythology reference there. Of course, Mm -hmm. Um, if you know who the uh, first king of Rome was, Mm -hmm. 
you can kind of solve solve the riddle. Yeah. But again, we see we've we've got the hero who is on a quest, and he's got a riddle. Um, yeah. He's got a riddle that he's that that he has to solve. Yeah. And he is able to solve it just in time. <laughs> sure. Um, and then he, they kind of tank the tourism industry for this little yeah, this cute little took Sicilian a, took a lot town. of battle damage. Um, and yeah. it was interesting because the way that they did the did the scenes, like especially when the, when um, Mira and, and Aquaman are running on rooftops and that kind of thing. Sure, did you notice the shift in music there? Like it almost like the music for me anyway almost took on like a like it just had a little bit of like video game old school video game oh, yeah. kind of element yeah. in the at least that's what I thought okay anyway our listeners can can chime in yeah it was very much or, almost or like disagree. a run and gun kind but of. it really looked like it really reminded me of like the old school video games where you're like running along and yeah. you're hopping Side over sixteen bit yeah. yeah. <laughs> contra yeah yeah but one thing I did like about it is that the uh, female character, the female hero is is heroic in her own way, and she's not um, like she is the necessary helper to Aquaman to get him through what he needs to do. Which is again, we see that I mean, classic example: Medea helping Jason, sure. and, and then you can argue who's really Everybody. driving the who's really driving the story then because mm -hmm. would he like Aquaman wouldn't even be involved in this if Mira hadn't brought him in. He would have died. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh she does she does rescue him. Um so I appreciate that we don't see the helpless princess. Yeah, no. Trope. And she is a princess too. Yeah. So they don't totally dodge it. They just give her agency. Yeah. Which I like. Like yeah. there's no reason it's not like a bad word to be a princess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no no different than being a prince or a king or whatever, right? So she serves her father till it gets to the point where she realizes that there is a greater there's a greater issue at hand, right? And the agency that they give her as a character is the, to act. She has resources, right? She's got a cool sub. She's got power. She can talk. She can walk. She can, you know, she's just not a shy wallflower. I haven't really thought this through mm -hmm. um, because this is just kind of been on and she's, the fringes. Dad. I see I'm her a, like a bit like Medea and Jason. We have got some echoes of the Medea and Jason story there because mm -hmm. she, because in saving him, mm -hmm. um, just like Medea saved Jason, mm -hmm. she is automatically an outcast in her own society. So she chooses for to, a limited time. For, yes, yeah. yes, um, yes. We have a very different ending than yeah. we do with Medea and Jason, but mm -hmm. but we see that the princess makes a choice for the guy that we know she's going to fall in love with if yes. she isn't already, right. and um, by doing that, she has to leave her home atlantis yeah and betray her father and and betrays her mm -hmm. father and she's well. betrothed actually to ocean master that yes, other guy so that's a bad marriage but it's just the way that the lantern yeah. society works and they'd be expected to do so so already most of the shifts in the story are based on are based on there's a there's a wedding in the background right mm -hmm. and there's there's a series of 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 sort of expected relationships right but some two women make a choice, right? First, it's the Nicole character, Nicole Kidman's character, Atlanta. Atlanta, I mean, makes a, uh, a choice to um, leave an arranged marriage mm -hmm. that gets her from the underwater world, we'll call it whatever, Atlantis, to the surface. Yes, and then you see how that works out. But then, then that later activates the Mira character as well. So these women are are women who are not being traditional 
Yes. And that's very much like Medea, mm -hmm. right? So the choices that they make, the choices that she makes, are aligned in some parallel way. Uh, there's also a very interesting moment with King Orm, just speaking of this this uh, betrothal and this marriage that's kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. Because when Mira rescues Aquaman, mm -hmm. um, he goes after them but he, but you can see that he's struggling with if i kill my enemy i'm also killing my love yeah in that chase scene and then when the vehicle that they're in goes into the lava and he's all like he thinks he's lost her and that she's dead now oh he's somewhat Do you remember that yeah yeah because in like yeah. destroying aquaman he's also has yeah. destroyed her so they don't he's, yeah he, like he's he's not the hero but that's again something that Christian kind of that kind of um, dilemma is something that yeah, it is the hero's dilemma is a, is usually a hero's dilemma. Yeah, and and, and, and I okay. was and I was surprised in some ways. Um, so jumping way forward in the film, um, when he when Aquaman and Mira and Ocean Master, no, 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 um, Atalanta. Yeah, okay. Have been yeah. reunited in this like center of the earth. Yes. And then he goes through and he he goes through the water waterfall and he has to get the trident that had belonged to the king. What's his name? Oh, uh, oh yeah. the first king. The first king. Yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah. it's kind of like a almost like um a Ner King Narius. That's yes. it. Narius. Yes. He's yes. a Narius figure. Yeah. Yes. Not the actual um, name. I knew it was a Greek. Yeah. Greek name. Yeah. Um so in doing that, and with the battle I f um, that he, or the the fight that he has with the monster who's guarding the trident, mm -hmm. I actually really, I fully expected that when he gets that trident, that it would close off that portal and he would lose his mother and his and his newfound love. And I was kind of surprised in some ways that he didn't, because to me it would have almost been more like more of a heroic trope i guess if mm. he had had to sacrifice something that he loves because mm -hmm. he doesn't really i mean aside from sacrificing his life on the surface he doesn't mm -hmm. really have a big sacrifice that he has to make yeah this is true uh, you know we're just getting the beginning i know i know yeah, but um, we're just dealing with it with i know the film. <laughs> and so, they want to set it up yeah right um yeah, you know, you would think that once the hero acquires the the item, right, the mm -hmm. object of his quest, this fetish of whatever it might be, uh, this, uh, what would you call that, almost like a divine apparatus kind of deal, that um, there might be a cost to that, right, that goes along with it. And that's what you're, yeah. you know, what you're thinking yeah. about. Um, but, yeah, and then and that would just sort of leave her. Like, I'm trying to think what, yeah, that would leave Atlanta, the Nicole Kidman character lost forever. Yeah, and it yeah. wouldn't give us the nice happy ending that right. we had. But yeah. in my mind, it would yeah. have been more mythological to have that tragedy. You know what I mean? Oh, like, just, oh, like yeah, just, yeah, just looking at the never movie. get out of the underworld kind of idea. Yeah, so yeah. just looking at the movie as like a single story, not yeah. thinking about what they might be setting it up of to course. come to, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I that's just what I expected in watching it was that the hero was going to have to give something. And I thought, Oh, oh he's not going to, he's not going to be yeah. able to get them out of the center of the earth, mm -hmm. yeah. but he was. Yeah. And that, and, and the big scary monster that mm -hmm. had been guarding that. So you hit the nail on the head. We've got ideas of the underworld and yeah. Hades and that kind of thing, because people who get down there can't get back up. 
and yeah. the only way out is by getting the trident. Yes. And only the true king can get the, you know, so we've right. got the token. Yeah, once the, he overcomes the monster, the guardian, the guardian of the, the trident, which is a really cool scene when you think about it. it. We try to huge... analyze it. I was really waiting for this big battle, right? Yeah, and it wasn't and a big battle. And it wasn't because it was a different type of contest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And only the true king yeah. can get the trident anyway. Right. So, um, but, but And that's true. And it, Did you notice how they managed to achieve it? And this is something, again, that makes Aquaman different. Yes, he's an Atlantean, right? But as an Atlantean, as sort of a fusion between Atlanta and his Surface. mortal father... Mm -hmm. He has a metahuman ability that other Atlanteans do not have. Like Mira has this pyrokinetic capacity, he has the ability to communicate to aquatic life. Mm -hmm. So it's that singular ability that he demonstrates in that scene that allows him to overcome that monster, yes. that guardian, right? And and we get hints of that in his in his backstory. So mm -hmm. we see him as a child at an aquarium yes. communicating with the animals right. um, when they're fleeing Atlanta, uh, um, Atlanta af after the um, big pit of lava yeah. thing and they're in a whale and he's oh, yeah, communicating with the whale. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, the Pinocchio touch was a little bit heavy-handed <laughs> yeah. for my liking. Um, and that was a really weird, like the part where they're in the whale and he mentions Pinocchio is kind of funny. And yeah. that's fine. But then they come back to it in a really weird way when they're in the Sicilian town and the little girl gives gives her gives Mira a storybook mm -hmm. about Pinocchio. And I'm just like, what? Like like in like in what world are little children running around giving books to to complete strangers? Like it just seems so weird and heavy handed. Anyway. That was just my little, just a minor tip. But yeah, I'm just like, you know what? That's I, weird. Like, you, you should have just left it, left it sitting elegantly as his reference in the whale. We all got it. It's, it was funny. It was good. And coming back to it, just like, blah. You know, it what? overkilled it. <laughs> I, 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 I think that what you're seeing there is something that struck me uh, much later. And, and, and you're right. It, it, it that is, um, seems, it stuck out, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I, I, I think that they may have originally intended that scene to be more of the Jonah and the whale story out of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But once they saw what they were doing, they thought maybe that would be a bit too much. So they changed it. But he mentions Pinocchio while they are in, are in, it. Are in the whale, right? Yeah. So that connection's already made. It is, but I think I they just, added that. Yeah, I, I just thought that that extra scene, yeah. that second scene where they come, it's just like, yeah. but like, no, no, we're, yeah. Anyway, okay, I clearly did not like that little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was yeah. kind of cool, cool way to survive. Uh, but know, yes, so, oh, yeah, sorry. So coming back to talking about him communicating with the animals. Yeah, he talks to the whale. With, with, with the whale. Yeah. Yeah, so he's able to have a conversation with this monster that's, that is oh. guarding the trident. Yes. And that is his... Threshold Yeah, guardian. the monster says, what? You, yeah. Like, there's kind of this moment where, like, what? You can understand me? You're, yeah. You're, you're talking. talking with me? Yeah. And then that, that uh, ability is then critical when they return from the center of the earth he's got the trident he's now riding this massive monster mm -hmm. and um yeah it becomes an ally and he gets all of ocean life 
on his on sure. his side yeah. to help battle King Orm. Yeah, in the rest um, of the other territories. And, and the rest of them. Yeah, because there's sort of a unification story going on in the background. Atlantis is powerful in its advance and so on, but it exists in a larger community of the ocean world where there are other, what they call them like the... There's the, uh, the the realm of Citadel, the brine, and all this. There's these different pl the sea, the mm -hmm. fishermen folk, uh, and there's a whole bunch of them. And Orum, who ultimately becomes Ocean Master, that's his his goal. He wants to acquire the allegiance of the other realms so that he can have a massive army to invade the surface world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he's really got a hate on for the surface world. But the way it's set up, though, is very timely, right? Yeah. So there's this. So the ocean rejects all yeah. of this massive amounts of pollution that has been dumped into it, and yeah, that's and, his first and so strike. so that's how the how the the relationship between the ocean life and the surface life, and it's very on the nose because we do use waterways as our dumping grounds still totally. today. Yeah. I mean, still even in North America, which is a you know what we like to think of as a developed, uh, developed country, mm -hmm. developed um, nation. Sorry, there's yeah. there's towns where raw sewage goes in the water well, we still today, yes. right? Yeah. So we, so we're not like it's it, <clears throat> that was very current. It felt very current. It felt very like this is something people genuinely care yeah. about it, it, today. It an ecological tint. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So it was a nice little bit of you know environmentalism, yeah. like mm -hmm. you know what would happen if we had a massive tidal wave that sure. threw up all the garbage that we had thrown in the ocean. Like, <laughs> I thought it more poignantly for me that they also mentioned that all the surface vessels, including every warship of every nation, was also beached. Mm -hmm. So there is literally nothing in the ocean that can threaten the Atlanteans now. Yeah. So like it was not only do we dump our garbage in it and don't care. But we litter the surface of it with hostile forces that, mm -hmm. are, that are on their territory, right? And it seems only natural that if they were in defense of their territory, which are the oceans of the world, that they would want to get rid of all the warships and all the ships that are cluttering everything and going about and in and above and around and below. And So they do. They just sort of say, okay, they make a very ocean master or Orn's first initial tactic is to make a clear... Um, demarcation between that which is the land and that which is the sea, right? By mm -hmm. separating the two, right? And he does it. It's like garbage has been cleaned back up onto the surface. You got to deal with it, oh, you know, land dwellers, and these cool battleships that you had and everything that were like floating around and potentially dangerous for us, although not as advanced. They're no longer an issue because we're just going to spit them back on the shore, and you can do mm -hmm. whatever you like after that, right? Mm -hmm. And then he wants to set up the rest of his plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I, I liked it a lot. I thought that 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 guardian scene again, though, was was um, uh, emblematic of a, of another sort of Greco-Roman idea, and specifically around the Iliad itself. The idea that there are other means to victory other than uh, through contest of arms. Now, there's lots of fighting here, of course, as we would expect, but the means in this in this one instance alone is by sympathy, empathy, and communication. Right. Mm -hmm. And not not just because he does try to fight it at the beginning. Right. But it's beyond him. Right. Mm -hmm. And he very quickly realizes that. And and he is no um, uh, invulnerable character, which I kind of liked. Right. Um, you know, no flashy capes or anything like that or um, technological contrivances, blinking lights and anything. But, you know, it, it still seemed to work. Yeah. It worked, it worked quite well. And. A good example of casting, a good example of, of acting in the genre. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. And uh, 
you know, I didn't have a problem, you know, kind of connecting with some of the characters, not all of them, because they didn't have a lot of screen time. Some of them were good and some were bad. Um, another um, <clears throat> aspect, so we, we've mentioned that we've got this recognition and reunification with Aquaman and his mother, um, Queen Atlanta. Yeah. But there's also the um, recognition and reunification of the two brothers. Yeah. Which of course are Aquaman and King Orm, who are yeah. who are half brothers who have been separated. So we're so we get that dichotomy. Of, they're not twins, but we get that idea that again we see in um, like Apollo in and Hermes mythology. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm thinking even um, like Heracles, for example, had a twin who eventually falls out of mythology because Heracles just takes over the entire story. Right, but where you see. A, kind of twin brothers yeah. and in this case we have any kind of we have the evil twin and the good twin yeah, so to speak right yeah. and and so then we've got that um that recognition and reunification yeah. scene between the two of them yeah. and then of course aquaman has to make his decision what does he do with his brother yeah. um and, i love that yeah yeah and and, and to me it, it is very much akin to apollo hermes because Orem, who ultimately becomes Ocean Master, really gets everything through divine birthright. He is what he is, and uh, he's powerful and influential and well-spoken and blah, 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 and has all this uh, influence uh, and privilege, right? And then Aquaman is kind of, you know, this weirdo fusion dude from Earth and the surface who has to work into mm -hmm. this and become this character that will ultimately superimpose himself over Orum, right and, yeah. and and literally you know wield this new new trident of command and power uh, over his brother and and he doesn't choose to humiliate him or um, kill him. Yeah, there's a reconciliation yeah. that happen, of sorts that happens. Yeah, and it's neat because you let it let it draw out a little bit more. Yeah. you know. And of course, it sets up potential for future conflict or allyship. Right. Like, where's this? Where will that relationship go? Yeah. as the story progresses, right? right? And is 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 Orm going to kind of turn himself around and be right. a good guy, or is he going to kind of stay entrenched in yeah. his bad guy? And it keeps so. that, it keeps that, um, this is something we all sort of seem to be obsessed with just as of late, like all like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. The intrigue around the throne yeah. court politics kind of idea in motion, right? Yeah. It's not just like, mm, we dealt with it and he's dead, or whatever, we threw him into the What's the other place called? The Rift. The Rift. No, yeah. the Trench. Uh, yeah, the, the Trench. trench. Yeah. yeah, we didn't do that. But yeah. yeah, so and and I and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Atlanta character, Nicole Kidman's character, the mother of the two, she, yeah. did make an appearance at the very end and suggest some sort of course of action. She said something like, "Perhaps he will be redeemed" or something yeah. like that, right? And I was like, "Okay, that's yeah, that's all right. That works." Yeah. So he's he's imprisoned. Yeah, that's right. They took it's him into basically custody. Basically, what yeah. what it's going to be. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, because as with, you know, any Greek play we've got, or any good drama, really, when you think about it, because it's not limited to the Greeks by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination, we have the classic um, misunderstanding um, that leads to conflict, right? And yeah. so the misunderstanding here is that Atlanta is dead. Right. And um, uh, so um, Aquaman is angry against... Um, his brother? No, the guy who trains him, his trainer. Oh, his, the, yeah, what was that guy's name? Um, Vor or something like that? I don't remember. It's the it's a uh, uh, Volko, William Defoe's character, yes. the other okay. Atlantean. 
Okay. I was he was kind of Vocal, a sinister yeah. looking guy. I, I was wasn't like, quite sure at yeah. first where he was gonna like, like grimmer you know? tongue kind then, of character. But yeah. that's interesting too because he he's though. he's like the Chiron, right? So yeah. he's he Chiron is the centaur who trains the Greek heroes. Yeah. And um That's what he does. And but Chiron was a centaur, right? Yeah. He wasn't the same as the hero. You know, no. he he mm. and and centaurs yeah. usually in Greek mythology sure. are bad guys. Sure, except for Chiron, right? Except for Chiron, Chiron's so different. so yeah. so he kind of fits that that same mold where he kind of there's something about his look and his bearing, <laughs> and you think, oh, he's not he's he's in with Orm. He's yeah. not going to you know, and then you find out no. In fact, he is intensely loyal to Atlanta, and yeah. he trained her. So, coming back to the idea of misunderstandings, we've got Aquaman who is angry and hurt that his mother is dead, mm -hmm. and um, Volko has been training him to be a hero and has been hiding this knowledge, and yeah, he keeps promising, "You can come see her. You can come see her when and, you're ready." And Mira knows too. And then, yeah, yeah. and because um, they have and you've got Orm who blames. Um, Aquaman for Atlanta's death yes. because yeah. she was cast out. Right. And then we find out after the big battle, spoiler alert, right. <laughs> um, yes, she was sacrificed to the rift or the trench yeah. rather. Yeah. Um, she lied. She but lied. she survived by disguising herself. Like She gets into the center of the world and she yeah. disguises herself as one of these rift creatures. Like like her her armor was very yeah, like yeah. her armor and her outfit kind of made her so made native. her look she went native made her look very yeah. it's called, that that place in the DC world's called Scartaris Scartaris yeah and yeah. it's and it's the it's it's also part of this it is a mythological world uh, that's been adopted by the DC universe but it's also part of the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle world like the Hollow Earth theory mm -hmm. all these yeah. kind of conspiracy right like close kin with Atlantis and all the rest of yeah. it, right? So everybody's right into it. And so they, they, they really went into the whole thing, right? And so she's well, and in it, there. It's a whole another world inside the earth. And it parallels Hades, right? It's yeah. it's the same thing. Hades is a it is not just a place Both. where ghosts float around, yeah. but it's a it's it's a whole world and it's yeah. a it whole thing in, in and of itself. Spiritual geography, yeah. And we've got the idea that you go through um, you have to go past monsters, and yeah. it's you. You get in there, sure. and then you, you can't, get, can't out get out because the exit is guarded by monsters. Mm -hmm. In the case of Hades, it's Cerberus. Right. In this case, it's that monster. Yeah. Um, and and Atlanta tells us that she's been trying to get out, and she's tried to get to, to get a trident, and she can't do it. She's yeah. she said, well, "I've been trying for twenty years to get out of here." Yeah. And she can't do it because she doesn't have. She's not the 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 person for it. So yeah, she doesn't have the skill. Yeah. So yeah. she's been living there. Trapped, um, trapped. Yeah, herself. It's almost like an Elysium. Right? Yeah, like yeah. it's cool down there, but it's not the it's not the right world for you. No, right. So she's she's alive, but in this supernatural space. Yeah. Right. And so when they do find a way into that spot, you know, for, after grabbing the magical trident or whatever. It actually is a trident. A lot of people were complaining. They said, does Aquaman have a trident? And they're looking, isn't that pentadent? It's a five-pointed oh. five pointed trident. They go, that, and he couldn't even get that right. Well, the reason why is because that was his mother's, right, which he mm -hmm. used. Uh, apparently, they're heirloom items. Orn had one from his yeah. father. He had one from the mother. Uh, and it's it's like the, it's, it's it's like the warrior training. sword yeah, that gets... Yeah, exactly. They're... they're 
you know, they're also, they're weapons, but they're also like Greek skeptrons, you know, like the scepters, right? So he got that, but then when he gets the actual uh, Nereus, the trident of Nereus, it's a, it's a trident. Right? Yeah. And he even gets some cool armor. He gets like an upgrade on Naria's armor. And, yes, he gets a nice you know, upgrade. He gets an upgrade yeah. there. And I like at the little end little thing I saw was that I had read that in order to get the role, he had been, they filmed him doing some, you know, asking some questions and delivering some dialogue, get a, get a feel for it. And then at the end, he performed the uh, Haka, mm -hmm. the New Zealand Islanders sort of war dance. Maori dance, yeah. Yeah, the Maori uh, tribal dance that they use. And uh, it perform even in rugby games and so on. And and if you now knowing that, you notice how he did that little dance move at, on top of the sub at the very end. Mm -hmm. That's the intro step for the haka. Mm -hmm. Like he just did it again, like it was part of his thing. And I thought that's kind of a neat moment just to bring it back, you know. Yeah. So re re really interesting. But all in all, very well done. And I I look forward to um, Aquaman two. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think that anyone else like I know that for many DC comic book fans who are familiar with Aquaman as a comic book character always see Arthur Curry as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, citizen of Maine. Well, um, this is, I hate to disappoint you, but he doesn't look like that in this one. And I think that was a good choice. It, it worked well with the father character. It worked well with just the whole presentation of his Polynesian ethnicity. Right, um, and and he is he himself in real in real terms is a native-born Hawaiian, mm -hmm. right? So that was that was really really neat to see. I want to come back, yeah, to talking about the underworld, the underworld. again for a minute, yes. <laughs> right? I like the underworld, um, which you said was called. Uh, it's called uh, Scartaris. 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 Yeah. Um, so that's another way that we we see like that story part felt really familiar because we've got the hero going through a Nekusis and an Anabasis. Yes. Do you want to explain Nekusis and Anabasis? Anabasis? Well, it was more Catabasis, right? Catabasis, I'm sorry, yes. Okay, well, just basically, it's called Aquaman, and most of the conflict occurs in, on, around water, right? Like the Odyssey, for example, right? Uh, and this this whole idea of Nekusis's heroic encounters with with water, mm -hmm. right? And that water is emblematic of death and drowning and um, life. But Ideas also of like baptism, baptismal life, like this. Sure, transformation, transformation. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, encounters with death, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they call it a harrowing in in like you know more literary sense. Okay. H a r r o w. So a dangerous transformative encounter, which in Greek you would use nekusis. Nekus is the verb for swim, yeah. right? So the hero literally swims the trial and tribulation. It's, he swims metaphorically uh, and literally, in this case, through the waters of danger, yeah. right? And like in Odysseus, we see that as they're like when they're on the water. So yes. there, there's the idea of the connection with water, the connection with kind of this primal... Yeah. Uh, as in the underworld. primal being and that yeah. kind of thing too. Yeah. yeah. So then Katabasis. Uh, underworld. Literally yes. going down, right? Um, a descent into death or a descent into the underworld or into the spirit world. Uh, and usually a one-way trip. And only a very exclusive sort of uh, list of, of heroes are able to achieve it. Right? We'll all die, but they'll go and come back. 
So we see this with, for example, Hercules who gets Cerberus and comes totally. back. Yeah. Um, sort of with Odysseus, I I don't like. I don't like to think of it as a catapesis because he summons the dead. He doesn't really go into Hades. Yeah. But again, we, the contact with the dead and that yeah. kind of thing that we see there. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. So, in um, his communication. These are really strong themes. They could that, be. That, that came out in Aquaman that yes. connects with the Greek. And in Aquaman's capacity to communicate with the aquatic world and with the aquatic world's connection with the necusis mm -hmm. is in, in a sense a type of necromantic activity yeah. because he's speaking with a world that we do not understand and we are not a part of. It's not like I can speak to another human somewhere and learn it's their like language. It's like communicating with ghosts. It, exactly. Yeah. So it's like a necromantic deal. And, and, yeah. and so that capacity makes Aquaman even more um, classical in a way, yeah. right? Um, his capacity to uh, be Odyssean in a way, to be a necromancer or something like that. Uh, the connection um, with the Sahara. Yeah, that was kind of neat. That was that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool too because there's you know there's all these stories and theories about it you know yeah. at what Atlantis could have been had it been a real city. Sure. I, I don't think it ever was. Yeah. Um, but connections with it like off the coast of Egypt and that kind of thing as sure. well too. So. Um, it's that whole Lost Kingdoms trope, yeah, like regardless yeah. of where they are, it's like, so, oh, there somewhere, you know, yeah. it's a conspiracy. Everybody loves a good yarn. We don't, ha they don't have to be, you know, totally believable. Like look yeah. at the places we're already talking about, Atlantis and the, and the Rift and, and, and it's called the Rift. I think I'll keep it. No, it's called the Trench. The Trench. You, you keep calling it. it the Rift. I keep calling and so it the now Rift. I keep calling it the yeah, Rift. It's the Trench. It's called the Trench. Yeah. And the Trench are, the Trench are the most, the, the Trench dwellers are the most, they're the most Hostile barbaric, and, the most and, yeah, the most frightening and nightmarish yes. uh, um, entities of the of the Atlantean sort of, of the sphere. entire ocean. Yeah, yeah, and and their realm is dark and death and 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 very much like the underworld. And um, well, they're, they're, like they're like the they're like the the dark and dirty corner of Hades. Yeah, they're like the Tartarus of Hades. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. And but yet in that darkest spot is the portal that leads into yet another whole world, yeah. right? And that served as the source of um, uh, sucker, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word, I'm trying to think, like uh, of, of uh, safety for mm -hmm. at least three of the heroes, first yeah. the mother and then Mira and Aquaman. Yeah. So right at that point of annihilation is actually the point of safety and retribution, yeah. right? Yeah. Where he, we, and for a short time, they were safe there. They could have... But they were trapped by the same trapped. token. Yeah. yeah, they were trapped. But uh, yeah. yeah, they were they were they were spared uh, annihilation, right? Yeah, which was, it was a, that was pretty interesting, and and even that idea of um, how they the the denizens of the abyss um, the are afraid of denizens light. of the trench. I mean, are afraid of the light, yeah. right? So when they they use the flares to descend among like that's in everything every spook and specter ghost and goblin story that's around from odysseus to modern day right it's yeah. the same thing they the light is life the light is you know safety safety right and they are the other side of the world right yeah. they are the side of, of they're things. the dark wolves around the campfire you got it yeah that's it right i love that idea right of the glowing eyes peering in right you know we're surrounded Right in the midst of, of, of all this, yeah, yeah, it connects yeah, with that primal fear of the dark that sure. many of us still have. I and think, and yeah. of the deep, 
Yeah, yeah. The deep. Yeah. It, it's, you know, there, there, I, I don't know what, it's like hydrophobia maybe. Or, there is a term where it's like, yeah. the, it's the same feeling that is often hooked into by science fiction writers or horror writers like H.P. Lovecraft, for example, when they talk about the depths of space, where if we truly knew how large everything yeah. was, we would be mad. We would yeah. be driven mad by it. And, and th that same notion could be transferred into mankind's first attempt to grapple with how big or how vast the ocean actually is, mm -hmm. right? It's like, yeah, we have an idea of the size of the world, maybe, but look at the ocean. How deep is it? You know, even the ancient Greeks themselves don't really know, right? Well, we don't know. No, like, we, we know more about Mars right. than we do about, the bottom, we do about the, the bottom of our own ocean. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's a good point. It is the undiscovered country. It is the final frontier, right? We, you, you look at, you know, space and, yeah, okay, it will be, and yeah. thanks to Gene Roddenberry, but, you know, truly, uh, it is a, a vast, unplumbed, uh, depth, yeah. right? And with 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 uh, unlimited resources and and but also things that frankly we don't know anything about. And it's not really, um, I don't know. I guess it's not really uh, pleasant to be challenged by those sort of things as a civilization, right? So yeah. that's it's a good place to put put heroes. It's a good place to put stories like that, yeah, because it makes it easy. Well, it makes it easier. Right to have it there, and it's not like walking the streets of Manhattan, so you know, or whatever Gotham, in a souped-up car, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, but it was good. I really, I really thought it was good. Yeah, fun. yeah, I definitely, definitely look forward to more. Um, I'm glad the fish people didn't really have like a big deal. Like they looked kind of weird. And you were saying there had been a lot of talk about like what are they going to do with the fish people, and kind of like thinking that they might be kind of cartoony or con you know yeah. like they didn't have a lot of screen time yeah they yeah. didn't have a lot of screen time and i was okay with that <laughs> yeah. those were like truly fish looking people. Yeah. yeah 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 like an aquatic humanoid race yeah right and yeah. where the atlanteans were were much more just humans. Humans. yeah, yeah. Uh, they could breathe underwater and they talk could withstand and pressure and, the, you know yeah, the pressure swim being at great speeds yeah. Yeah. so they had certain characteristics yeah. that were that were intrinsic to their um particular race uh, but uh, yet again, you know, I keep using this word race, but the, the Genesis story that their 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 cosmological story that was like very quickly inserted into the narrative, yes. it threw you right back into ancient times, yep. and they all come from the same route. Like they weren't different. Like they are yeah. humans. Yeah, right? and then there's they get too big and too yeah. It's just, too powerful for their own good. So we see hubris, yeah, it's, right? It's just classic Plato. That, Play -Doh. that yeah. classic. Yeah. And their city collapses, literally collapses yeah. into the ocean. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they destroy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the Timaeus and the, the Critias of Plato. It's, and, a, it's an allegory for, for hubris. For, well, in that case, Athenian and, hubris. And their hubris, hubris is around energy. Yeah, it's, right? it is. It's about the, the, the yeah. creation and consumption of energy, like yeah. electrical energy kind of thing. Right? Yeah, they like, developed they clean de energy. They developed yeah. a way to have unlimited, limitless power. Which right. is good to a point, yeah. but they take it too far. Yeah, and, something weird and then something, And then there's yeah. like some massive... Cataclysm. Like, cataclysm yeah. flash or something, yeah. you know, and that's, and then, that's whoo, the end. That, and that goes down. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because, because... And they adapt. <clears throat> it leads the, to the... 
there's there's a little wrinkle in there that my brain trips yeah, over, I know. Like, right? How did those people like, how did they survive in the yeah, moment the whole exactly. thing became submerged below, below the waves? Yeah. yeah, we'll overlook that yeah. for now. But maybe they, they use their technology. Suspending disbelief. Absolutely. But, yeah. 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 Any sufficiently advanced race uh, culture, you know, no technology would appear to be magic. But right? we are fascinated in stories and mythology uh -huh. of places beyond our knowledge. That's right. And yeah. we're actually or beyond our time, like the antediluvian yeah. world, like way yeah. back, you know. And we're actually going to uh, be working for our next episode, um, tying in with the recent um, discoveries, I guess, of uh, oh, discovery science. of Ultima Thule. We're going to revisit the solar system, and we're going to tap into the theme of kind of lands beyond, mm -hmm. and um, talk more about some of these mythological. Um, places that are kind of so far beyond yeah. what the Greeks or Romans knew that they had these they myths be instantly about, became yeah. mythologized. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be the yeah. next episode, right? So. Yeah, because there's a lot of weird places that are you know just yeah. one-offs listed here or there, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and then you're on to the whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we do that with science as well. Uh, we we do that. Well, we see that in Herodotus mm -hmm. um, when mm -hmm. he gets talking about lands that are beyond what mm -hmm. we know. But we will talk about that next episode. Mm -hmm. We don't want to spoil too much here. No. Um, so we will be tackling the science. Yes, also, we will be, be tackling the science. We will be. And we'll use our mugsometer. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then we will have some data for you on this. Um, well, yeah, we'll have a little bit, though. But on it's, this it's astrological gonna, phenomenon? It's, no, it's not astrological. It's going to take like two, like almost two years it's for a, all the data to come back. It's an exoplanet. Are you, this this the one that looks like two like a snowman? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got some interesting but, stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah there's enough that we can talk about. So mm -hmm. let's not talk about it right now, though. No, we're not. Because we're going to spoil it. Well, this is a spoiler. <laughs> this also is a spoiler. It's a teaser. A teaser. A teaser. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, Aquaman. Um, very good film. Give it a try. There's a nice scene, so stick through the credits uh, because then we're set up for kind of the next conflict. Four out of five tridents, I'll give it. Four out of five tridents? Yeah. Yeah, four out of five tridents. Okay. Well, you know, for what I don't is. watch enough movies to feel comfortable writing them because I'm not. It doesn't but matter. I enjoyed how there was, there were lots of little mythological references, but it wasn't borrowing kind of wholesale. No. The way that we, that we saw, for example, with with Wonder Woman, where sure. there where there's a lot of like we've got Aries and we've got like all of this, really, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's just allusions to a lot of you know, mm -hmm. as as you said, a real grab bag of, of mythology yeah, like in there, yeah. Um, and of course, the whole myth of Atlantis is is key to it's it. Key. And, um, and and I like I like how at the very very end, once well, very end, the end for now, because uh, it's a pulp serialized yeah. kind of situation, where I you get. Aquaman, from his introduction to his end, and as you would expect, I suppose, with all heroic tales, undergoes a transformation and an amplification, a chill of a change. But at that one, I got a moment where I said, you know what, he truly is the hero for the planet, because it is unified in a sense, but we are a water world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he is the king of the waves, right? Mm -hmm. So even in the comic book world, uh, the Justice League world, where he's part of a team of heroes right he is emblematic of that place that he comes from the sea as the protector of the sea he also has connections with the land like we would expect the fusion between the two and we're reminded right? of that in the, in the sahara desert scene we are yeah that's that's because you know true. it's a very dry place water is very important to that scene yeah it is water is important to the scene <laughs> it comes from him which is <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> and it provided a funny moment uh, yeah. as well, but we won't ruin that. But yeah, so the, the, what it did for me, what it, it further solidified uh, the character of Aquaman because he's, uh, he's in the regular comic book world overlooked, dumped on, seen as useless, been the brunt of jokes. Uh, and, and that was and so my on. perception of yeah, that. Just like, having not read the comics, yeah, but having right. heard people talk about the yeah. comics and things, that was yeah. always my perception of, yeah, of it's him. Like, well, what can you but do? This talk is, to fish? This is, ha, ha, ha. Right? This, yeah, there's much more to it. It's, yeah. it's, it's much bigger than, the, the, yeah. than that. And even thinking back again with Greek mythology, where we've got Zeus and we've got Poseidon, we've got Hades, and we've got this tripartite division. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their team line. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of see that. With this whole Justice League thing, right? Yes. We've got somebody rep- re- representing yes. this vast world yeah. beneath us. Sure, and some things are more. Con- some of them, some of their honors or some of their manifestations of their powers are more recognizable, like in a classical tradition from a classical perspective. And others are more complicated. But that's what we would expect with 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 heroes today, contemporary and ancient. And the other thing mm-hmm. as well. Um, We've talked about this again and again with with heroes because Mm -hmm. it becomes recurrent. At what point is a hero a hero because of his tools or a hero is a hero because of who he is? And I think in Aquaman, he's very much a hero because of who he is. He doesn't have like the Tony Stark kind of a massive, you know, if you had millions of dollars and you could create this or Batman, right? Where it's really their tools and their, their, their rich privilege yeah. um that lets them be a hero whereas here it's who Aqu- it's his innate ability to communicate yeah. and he, and his superpowers are a part of him totally. uh, they're not they're not something that he puts on right and, and, and just like bruce wayne says when he's questioned by flash who has these metahuman powers it's like what's your what's your superpower what can you do there's a big pause, and it's a funny moment in Justice League, and it looks at the camera and says, I'm rich, and then the thing closes, right? Yeah. That's all it is, right? He's got other things going yeah. for him, but it's not that what you spoke yeah. about, right? The yeah. idea that there's an innate quality, right, which is good because I was just reading Pindar, and I can have a great Pindar thing about that, but no, we're not going in about that. Okay. Yeah, that which is yeah. innate compared to that which is learned. And it's like James Bond is like another totally. great example of yeah. that. Gadget like, how person. heroic would he be if he didn't have all of his tools? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you never know. Could be. Okay. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. All right. Um, we could probably ramble for, do, for a while. Do we have anyone to thank? Um, we have our Patreons to thank. Okay. Um, and we have all of the people who have been downloading our episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's that's been, you know, going quite well. I, I haven't you know been looking in you know often but i do think we're we our last episode probably surprisingly had over seven thousand downloads if i'm yeah if i'm not mistaken so thank you to everybody who has come and uh visited or checked us out um via ryan's podcast and a big thank you to ryan for uh sharing our last episode and if for some reason you have missed the uh the last episode we were having a conversation with jeff of the trojan war and ryan of the history of ancient greece um and it was back from the summer and We'll have, we'll have more of those. Yeah, those. So those, yeah. we have uh, tentative plans for some more crossover episodes in the future with uh, some of our podcasting friends. Um, so check out all our Patreon supporters in our notes. Even McMaster and Mark oh, Sunder. names all there. Joelle Excellent. Barfoot, Erica Dilworth, Stargate Pioneer from the Better Podcasting, and Jeff uh, Greg Bue. Yeah. Of course, Jeff Wright and Dan Lizote. Lizote? 
would probably I'm be. not questioning either. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and if you want one of my limited edition, I think I only have like four or five left, mm -hmm. of uh, Lino Gorgon, Apotropaic Gorgon, well right. uh, to get your 2019 off to a nice protect. Pro Protective, protective, <laughs> protective and, productive. and productive start. Yeah. Um, just five dollars on Patreon. We'll get exactly. one of those. We've got our Antigone zine, uh, zine for for download. If you haven't downloaded that, yeah, we didn't get be... anybody emailing yeah, us. I was hoping want... some people would email us. We could send them like some some custom colored and autographed. I want to do. I want to do it again. Yeah. Uh, I want to do another one, uh, and we'll collaborate on yeah. another one and and um, put it on the um, with another with another podcast, yeah. uh, another episode. Um, yeah, well, so we'll think about what it'll be. Yeah. All right. So look for more, look for more of those mm -hmm. um, in the future. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Find us on Twitter at MythTake Podcast. Yes. Um, on our blog, MythTake.blog. Mm -hmm. And Facebook, which we don't, to be honest, we don't really update, but we are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook.com slash MythTake. Sure. And, um, have a great rest I'm of your day. At Darren Sundstrom on Twitter. I'm at Ines Allison and see you about. Good night.